Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. This week, Colin, you've been taking us through a remarkable set of prophecies that are found in Isaiah. And, uh, of course, Isaiah was written 700 years before Jesus was born. And yesterday you really made it on the fact that Jesus was born to die. There would be a birth, yes, but it did lead to the cross. And uh, we need to be thankful to God for the birth of Jesus, for his obedience during his life, and for the sacrifice he made of himself before he rose triumphant from the grave. Now we're going to look at chapter 55 of Isaiah, which is really a prophecy that is the result of all that Jesus accomplished for us as the suffering servant. So God says to his people, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread, and your labor on what does not satisfy. Listen, listen to me, and eat what is good, and your soul will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me, hear me that your soul may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David." What an appropriate word at this time of year. How many are spending money on what is not bread? How many are are just spending money on things really that will be wasted? It's a call from God to understand why Jesus was born. Why the whole drama of salvation from his birth to his death and his resurrection had to unfold in the way that it did. God's purpose was to satisfy the thirst of those who are spiritually thirsty and the hunger of those who are spiritually hunger. He will not force feed anyone. He will not force us to receive the living water of his Spirit. He reserves these precious gifts for those who come to him. You see, he came to us as the baby, as the man, as the sacrifice, that we might now come to him. He came to make it possible for us to receive the life of God. But we have to come to him to receive that life. And that's not just a coming to him at the beginning of our Christian experience. There's a sense in which we need to keep coming, keep receiving, keep allowing that life of God to flow into our lives through our lives and out of our lives to bless others around us. So the prophecy continues, See, 
I have made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you do not know, and nations that do not know you will hasten to you. Interesting, you see, that nations will come to Israel, where Jesus came, because the Savior was born into the Jewish community. But he is a witness not just to Israel, but for all the peoples, for all the nations. And the nations, therefore, will come not, not just to Israel as a place, but to Jesus as the Savior. Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations that do not know you will hasten to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Now, we need to see ourselves, you see, as part of Israel, all, all of us who believe us. We're not talking about coming to a place, to a physical location, but people being drawn to a people. People that do not know the Lord being drawn to a people that do know the Lord. Because we have now been called to be the holy ones of God. We have now been endowed with the splendor of God. So what is God's word to his people? Verse 6, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him. To our God, for he will freely pardon. All that, of course, is made possible because of the sacrifice that we were talking about yesterday. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Then there is this wonderful description of what is possible now because of the life of Jesus that we can receive when we come to him. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. I love this verse. Because, you know, I, obviously I'm called to be a preacher and therefore believe that God will put his words into my mouth. But not just so that I can preach, but so that people can hear the word of the Lord that will not return to him empty, but will accomplish in their lives the very reason for which he sent it, the very reason for which he spoke it, the very reason for which he put those words into my mouth. Even if, even if I do not always see spectacular things happening immediately, I know that if the word of God has gone forth and people have heard what God has said, then that word will not return to him empty, but it will accomplish the very purpose that God had in speaking it. And so he says, you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. 
the mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the pine tree, and instead of briars the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign which will not be destroyed. It's all wonderful, isn't it? Because it speaks of the revival, of the renewing, of the restoration that God's purpose brings to the whole earth when his life and his word and his truth go forward. So he says, this is what the Lord says, maintain justice and do what is right, for my salvation is close at hand and my righteousness will soon be revealed. Blessed is the man who does this, the man who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath without desecrating it and keeps his hand from doing any evil. You see, God has put before us his will and his way. And if we hold fast to his word, if we put into practice what it is that Jesus came to proclaim, if, if we walk in the way that Jesus sets before us, then our lives are going to be abundantly fruitful. And we will not only walk in the victory of God ourselves, but we will see him using us to bring his salvation, to bring his life, to bring his glory and his honor into the lives of other people. And I find that this is such a wonderful, wonderful blessing. So in, in, in chapter 58, we read, Shout it aloud, do not hold back, raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the house of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways, as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Isn't, isn't that how so many people feel in this day? But what does the Lord say in verse 6 of this chapter? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. And you know, these words are directly referred to by Jesus when he says what is going to happen at the time of judgment, when he talks about the separation of the sheep and the goat in Matthew 25. You see, he talks about the fact that the sheep are those that have lived according to this true kind of fasting. What did he say to them? For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And he says, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 